Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Aleph Beta Quarantined. I am Imu Shalev. Today I want to talk Pesach planning. This may be the first Pesach that you're staying at home, or even if this is something that you do every single year and you want to tone it down and do the most stress-free Pesach you possibly can, we are going to talk about how. My very special guests for this episode are some good friends and co-workers, Rifki Stern and Lisa Pasternak. Welcome, Rifki and Lisa. Hi, email. So Rifki and Lisa, I really wanted to have you on because back here in Alpha Beta headquarters, we've been trying to figure out how to do this episode for a while now. We've actually been interviewing experts, people who have been doing Pesach for 30 years, caterers, and we threw out all the footage. And the reason why <laughs> is... Back before quarantine, I actually overheard the two of you in the office talking about how you might put together your first Pesachs, and the way you were talking about it really calmed me down. It sounded really simple, it sounded really easy, so after throwing out all that expert advice, I wanted to talk to you guys, a bunch of amateurs, (laughs) non-experts, and walk me through how we can do a minimalist, cheap, easy, stress-free Pesach. You guys up for it? Yeah. Oh my God, cheap. It's like you're calling my name. (laughs) (laughs) So Lisa here is the resident creative and Rifki here is our resident cheapo. (laughs) Proudly. It is a badge of honor for Rifki. Every dollar and quarter that she shaves off her receipts, she wears with pride. You're you're embarrassing me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get started, right? I don't want to talk koshering quite yet. I don't want to talk preparing quite yet. Let's talk most important thing to do right now, which is the shopping list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do we need to get, which I understand requires some knowledge of what it is that we're going to make. So talk me through this. So, I mean, I'm just going to say, first of all, I haven't made my list yet. I'm putting it off for some reason, but also really nervous because I'm not really sure where I'm shopping. Normally, I like to walk down all the aisles or check out different stores, and that is not an option now Mm -hmm. and I really feel like the first thing is to find a store that's gonna pack up all my food for me and that means Mm -hmm. I have to know absolutely everything I'm gonna get beforehand I don't get to walk the aisles and if I forget something I'm dreading that I'm dreading Mm -hmm. that doing that whole order and then and you have to order now because the time slots aren't available and you just have Mm -hmm. to wait (laughs) so that is worrying me a bit Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hearing you say, if I can unpack your worries and turn them into action items, I'm hearing you say, we can't walk down the aisles this time. So we do need to create our shopping list now. We need to plan in advance so that we can make sure we get everything we need. And if we miss something or if they didn't have something, you want to do it enough in advance that you can do a second order and fill in what you need. Yep. I mean, luckily, there's shopping lists all over the place you can get good ideas from. But right, it's about making sure you have enough of everything so that you don't have to do that second shopping if possible. Rifki, how about you? Everything that Lisa said totally spoke to me, except for liking to walk down the aisles and uh, <laughs> kind of see what there is. Because I is, knew that wasn't you. <laughs> that is so not me because that is not how you save money. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to save money this year because of that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. My people are finally coming in strong. I think for me, honestly, when I'm feeling anxious or when I'm feeling stressed out, I really lean towards simplicity. So when I think about all the anxieties about the different directions that my brain wants to go, 
go in and how stressed I can be about this whole thing. My brain kind of just wants to simplify things. So what I do is maybe I don't exactly have a full menu for the entirety of Pesach, but I think that's okay. Instead, I remember that this is eight days long. And even though maybe I generally bored eating the same thing over and over or things like that, you do it anyway. Every meal, you generally want a protein, a vegetable, and a starch, right? That's the way I'm kind of thinking about it. So for breakfast, I'm just going to have matzah and cream cheese and like maybe an egg. There's a way to make this a lot more complicated, but let's not let ourselves do that. Let's not let ourselves kind of fall into that. Wait, I love this line of thinking, right? So maybe let's actually start here. Let's start with the simple how to get through Pesach and stress-free in the beginning of this podcast. I think that will calm a lot of people down, calms me down hearing all this. Exactly. Okay, breakfast. You want matzah, cream cheese, and eggs. Okay, nothing too crazy, nothing too fancy. And then for lunch, maybe matzah pizza, right? Matzah pizza is a staple for many of us, right? And it's very simple. It's cheese, sauce, and you need matzah. And then for dinner, you have some roast sweet potatoes, and whatever vegetable is on sale, if broccoli's on sale, or if you're in the mood to splurge for a more expensive vegetable, then that's the one you go with. And you need a protein, right? So for some people, that's going to be chicken. If you're a vegetarian, you can have quinoa, you can have some other protein dish. But again, the overwhelmingness to me comes when I think about where do I get kosher for Pesach balsamic? Just do chicken and spices. That's what I do on a regular Tuesday. Why do I need to buy extra things that are going to taste slightly different than what I normally want anyway? The way for me to decrease overwhelm is to literally just go simple. So you're saying I can just open up a Google Doc and plan backwards and say basically, okay, so I have eight breakfasts to worry about. I got eight lunches and eight dinners. And then I got to get enough matzah for breakfasts and maybe lunches if I'm doing your matzah pizza and matzah cream cheese breakfast lunch. But I love what you said really about, I think, the hardest meals, the dinners and maybe Mm -hmm. the yuntif meals, which is basically just think simple proteins, chickens, chicken breast, roast if you want. And I love what you're really saying about the roasted vegetables and your starches because those are the simplest to cook for me. In my household, my wife actually makes the menu and I'm the one responsible for cooking. Oh my gosh, I love it when it's just roasted vegetables. Just cut up some vegetables, stick them in the oven. It's the easiest thing to pull off. I totally agree with Rifki. I love everything you're saying. I like a little more variety with my meals, but that would just be a matter of more vegetables or a different type of chicken. I've been saying this to friends who are also talking about their extensive menus, which is impressive. And, you know, if they (laughs) feel like they can do it, go for it. But yeah, chicken with spices, chicken with garlic, chicken with broccoli. If you have this abundance of vegetables and onions and potatoes and sweet potatoes, and you just literally make a list of all the vegetables you can have and buy as much as you can that it won't go bad, it's just, it's going to save you. And it means you have so much variety. You want variety? Make some mashed potatoes. Go crazy. (laughs) So risky. Uh, Just to summarize, what I'm hearing is Plan backwards, breakfast, lunches, and dinners. What are the basic staples that I can do? And how do I basically get my protein, my veg, and my carb in in an easy way that's not difficult to cook? So Rifki and Lisa, give me a few more options. If I don't want matzah and cream cheese every day for breakfast and also matzah pizza for lunch, also there are plenty of yuntif meals. So let's start with breakfast ideas. What else can we do if we're not interested in matzo and cream cheese for eight days? You can do yogurts. My mom used to make sour cream, sugar, and strawberries and blueberries, and that was 
so good. Wow. Yeah. It makes like this sweet cream. Cottage cheese. I mean, yes, you can have all of this with matzah, but you don't have to. Again, I'm a coffee drinker in the morning, so I don't really eat breakfast. Uh, breakfast doesn't stress me out too much. Eggs. Also, I mean, if it's not yentiv, I mean, if it is yentiv, just eggs a million different ways. Yep. yep. I think not only hard-boiled eggs that you can do in advance, but the nice thing about yuntif or obviously weekdays is you can just fry up an egg really easy. It feels like so much, but it really can be done. The number one thing I would say is staying away from Pesach cereal. No one likes it and everyone buys it. I think often the mistake that we make is we kind of think, okay, normally during the year, I have cereal for breakfast and I always have a sandwich and they're like, oh, okay, so that means I need Pesach potato bread or I need oh. Pesach cereal, right? And we think we need to just do the same thing. So I guess we have to do something that's twice as expensive for half the portion that doesn't taste good. And we don't need to do any of that. It's one week and we'll just do something a little bit different. It's a little weird and maybe we won't feel like we're in our same routine, but that's okay. It's Pesach. It's not the same routine, especially this year. This year is a weird year. And even if normally we want to do certain things a certain way, I think we need to allow ourselves the room to say, that this is just going to be an unusual time a little bit. Good. I love it. It's funny because I totally agree with you, Rifki. It's more that I think that people like to do things really different. And that is what makes Pesach special or we do this. And I feel like right. that's sort of what we're going to lose this year. Because yes. I think you and I are pretty similar in just having simple food. I just have maybe a lot more <laughs> of it. But yeah, everyone who has their bagel and cream cheese for breakfast every morning, we're not going to have bagel and cream cheese. But then there's the families who have those Pesach cereals. Mm -hmm. Or like I said, yogurt and strawberries. Like, that's not me. I don't ever do that. So I probably won't do that this year. So it will be a mix. For some people, it's doing less. And for some people, it's changing up Pesach, what they're used mm -hmm. to. And just for those people, just to spark their ideas, what are some lunch and dinner ideas? I get we can roast some chicken. I get we can roast up some vegetables. Let's talk some of the starches on the side maybe or just a few lunch and dinner ideas. One of the things that I'm thinking about is what are the things that I like to eat normally and how can I make sure that I'm just continuing to have them? For example, you can make a burger and fries. Okay, so you don't have a bun, but you have fries. No one's going to be afraid of not having enough starches. And I think there's other things like that, right? So I like burgers. I like chicken. Maybe on Yuntif, you're going to go a little fancier if you want to. I probably will not, but if you want to, you can go for a roast or something like that. And many of the recipes, if you look through a normal cookbook or if you Google, are totally Pesach friendly and they're going to be the exact same thing. I would not say to go in the direction of making a regular recipe more Pesach appropriate. Yeah, I just don't understand why everybody over Pesach needs to go for a stuffed capon with a matzah farfel. <laughs> you know, like, why do we need to stuff everything with like bread related products? It's delicious. I love eating that stuff. And there's even more. And you could do fish, right? It's the same thing. Like during the week, I like to have fish for dinner once a week anyway. So the same thing, you're going to buy a piece of salmon, assuming that everyone is comfortable eating salmon or eating fish in general, because I know some people are picky about that. You're just going to throw some spices on if you want to do something a little luxurious. You could buy the million dollar kosher for Pesach sauces and put it on. But honestly, I just prefer spices anyway. It's simpler. And I feel like such a broken record. They do not need to be as overwhelming as we sometimes make it. Let's play rapid fire recipe, right? Maybe not recipe, but just like an idea of, of something that we can do. You guys up oh for that game? Oh my God. Uh, Let me crack okay. my knuckles. Okay. Give me a Yuntif lunch. Okay. So we got chicken with potatoes and onions at the bottom, mm -hmm. chicken on top, spices, oil, covered in the oven, 
amazing. You can do roasted broccoli, roasted sweet potato sticks. Okay, great. Amazing. Rifki. Meatballs with an easy sauce. Any sort of roasted vegetable and mashed potatoes. Amazing. Can I go? I want to say something. Fine. Go ahead, Emu. I had a huge hankering for a tuna melt on matzah. Oh, boy. Oh. I hate tuna yeah, melt. Yeah, sounds awful. But my husband would love that. Okay, amazing. Let's do another round. Okay, what about shakshuka with cut up peppers and tomatoes and tomato sauce and then eggs on top covered for a little bit? I love shakshuka. Who doesn't? Rifki. Grilled salmon, roasted peppers and broccoli with quinoa. Ooh, quinoa. Forgot about that. Amazing. Let's do rapid fire dessert round. <laughs> Pace off desserts. Lisa. Okay, yeah, I got this. Go to is whipped cream, strawberries, and ladyfingers. And you just layer it in a pan, one on top of the other. Wait, it's how do you amazing. get ladyfingers? Yeah, you gotta get it from the store. Nope, nope, nope. She's disqualified. Come on, you can splurge. You can splurge a little. <laughs> All right, Rifki, go. Your turn. Honestly, I have two instincts. First of all, just fruit. Stop right there. Literally, uh. oranges, berries, simple things, or box mixes. It's cheap and it's easy. I'm a big fan. Okay, flourless cheesecakes. Those are always a hit. Yummy, Rifki. Um, meringues, right? Meringues obviously don't need any oh. flour. And you can buy an inexpensive mixer. I saw ones for $13 on Amazon. But if you also don't want to buy a mixer, that's fine. Put someone to work. Whip up those egg whites. Okay, there's chocolate everything. You can make chocolate mousse, whipped cream, melted chocolate, whip it together, and then put anything you want in it. More fruit that Rifki will have an abundance <laughs> of. That's right. My mom used to take sheets of matzah and dip them in melted chocolate and caramel. Oh my God, awesome. yes. We called it yeah. matzah candy. Yeah. yeah. We used to do it in my house also. And these things are really simple and really pretty inexpensive. And again, you could just have oranges <laughs> if you're lucky. Rifki hawking for the fruits and vegetables <laughs> industry. Okay, let's just round out our shopping list. What are the Yom Tov essentials and what do we need for the Seder? Let's start with the Seder. So the first thing that you need to think about for the seders is everything that's literally going to be on your seder plate. So let's just go through them. The first thing is a beta, an egg, which is going to be a roasted egg. The second thing is going to be your karpas, which is going to be the vegetable for dipping. We use potatoes, but you can do different things. The third thing is going to be haroset. Wait, wait. How are we going to make haroset this year? That sounds like it's going to be hard. No, it really doesn't have to be. Haroset is apples and wine and nuts usually. Chop up the apples chop up the nuts, and add a little bit of wine, and you're done. It's very, very straightforward. You can make haroset without a food processor? Yes. You use a knife. <laughs> well, it's a much smaller seder this year also, so honestly, yeah, you that's just don't true need too. as much. A lot of things we normally use a food processor for, we'll just do them simpler. Then there's the zroa, which is the shank bone, which is the bone of a lamb usually, and that also usually prepackaged at a store. Even if you're only going in and out of a store really quick, make sure to grab that. And then the last thing is the maror. Now, different people do different things. Some people use romaine, some people use horseradish, and that's really, really the basics. Oh, and matzah. You should have matzah. Uh, wine. And salt water. Any store will have it. What, a store for salt buy water? salt water? Are you joking? Guys, I'm kidding. Oh my I, God. like my joke. Oh my, God. Like, my pulse is racing. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I just got upset. 
Um, yes. Okay. So you're going to want everything for the Seder plate. Then you're going to want salt water, matzah, and wine slash grape juice. And then you're going to want the things for the actual meal. Again, does not have to be crazy. And those are really the basics. You need a few Kiddush cups. You can always kasha your regular Kiddush cups, but worst case, you can also use a double plastic or slightly nicer plastic. You need a coast for Eliyahu. So that's like an extra cup. And I think those are it. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. Lisa, is there anything I'm not thinking of? I mean, Haggadahs. <gasps> that's re- that's a really good one, actually, because we don't have Haggadahs in my house because I've never done the Seder in my house. So we that's true. We just scrounged and found three <laughs> really random ones. Yep. Didn't even know I had them. Or order some online real quick. Emu, is there anything that you're thinking of? Yeah, Haggadahs. And we're not talking about all the things you need for your Seder. I think we'll have a Seder checklist, right? And Kittles, pillows. You can check on Aleph Beta, but that's beyond the scope of this podcast. But I think that those are the Seder basics. Yeah, I can't think of anything specific that's really critical that we missed. There are other things, obviously, that might enhance it or make it a little nicer. Maybe you can think about decor. Maybe that's something that you can include children on. But really, again, the basics are not as overwhelming as I thought even only a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. All right. Now that we've talked food ideas to death and we talked about how to make our shopping lists, let's talk about what we need in order to prep this. What's the bare minimum of utensils, accessories, and appliances in order to pull Pesach off? Do I need a mixer? Do I need a food processor? So I have a few suggestions. I have done Pesach for a few years now. I've never done Seder, but I'm sure Rifki would do less. But this is how I do it. I go with, for Fleshik, we got one pot, one pan, for Milchik, one frying pan, and for Parav, one more pot. So how many pots is that? (laughs) So that's three pots, two pans. A hand mixer is good, a hot water urn, and a crock pot. Those are my appliances. Rifki, are you agreeing or do you have the cheapo rebuttal? No, I mean, I basically agree. Actually, this is part of the conversation that you overheard was Lisa kind of trying to calm me down and saying you need way less than you think. What I ended up getting was two very inexpensive frying pans, a dairy Mm -hmm. and a parv, one big meat pot, which, you know, you'll also use as a frying pan if you need to. It's not amazing, but you do what you got to do. And a lot of disposable things. Honestly, many of us don't love using disposable Some people do, Lisa. I don't love using disposable, but it doesn't matter because you know what? I'm just going to keep using them anyway. I'll use them all Pesach. And there are a few other things that you're going to need, right? You obviously need spatulas for these things, right? You can get a very cheap set of spatulas and just designate one as dairy, one as meat, one as parv, right? And you can buy a cheap cutting board. And honestly, in a pinch, you can just cut on a plastic plate. You know, it's not ideal. Get a set of a couple of cheap knives. Maybe you want one good knife because you are doing a lot of vegetables. The one good knife is really important. Okay, okay, okay. I hear you. But I can link you guys to my favorite knife that I use all year round, and it's 10 bucks on Amazon. And for those of you overwhelmed, because we did just mention a bunch of appliances and tools, we're going to make a list of everything we just mentioned available to you in the show notes of this podcast, but also at alephbeta.org slash quarantine, where we have a lot of other resources for how to pull off Pesach and survive your quarantine. So make sure to check that out. Yes, 100%. But honestly, it's a much simpler thing than you would think. And a lot of these things also, even though many of us were kind of hoping that next year and for the rest of our lives, we're going to go back to just going to our grandparents or going to the hotel or going to our aunt and uncle. And really, hopefully that is true. But it's going to be really nice that you now have 
three knives for next year also, right? These are things that even though you might not be excited to spend a little bit of money, these things are going to last you. You do not need the best cutting board in the world for the next 40 years. You need a cutting board. And let's talk expense and simplicity for a second, because I know, Rifki, you told me you spent less than $100 to acquire all these things. Yes, for all the kitchen cooking items or preparing items like cutting board, knives, pots, stuff like that, I spent less than $100. Obviously, there are some things that I am kind of splurging on. You know, we all make our choices about what we want to splurge on. You don't need a crock pot, but I really like chillin'. <laughs> so I bought a crock pot, even though it's not something that's necessary, right? Some people really want kugel, so they might buy kugel things like a grater or something like that. And that's a personal choice, but you do not need to spend as much as you think you need to spend. Can I just jump in? The conversation that Rifki and I were having at work, part of it was Rifki wanting to do bare minimum and me saying you could do a little more. Yentiv does not have to feel like just get through it. And I think right now what a lot of people are feeling is like either we're just going to get through it as much as possible. It's Pesach, but it's everything we've been doing all week anyway, being with our same family. But then there's the elevating it like one step further. And Rifki, when you say get the cheap knives, get the cheap cutting board, I hear you and I hear money-wise, but I really do think you can still think about it. And if you use a good knife during the year, why should Pesach, you're just making your life harder, buying the plasticky things. If you can get one knife, that's good. And again, I'm not talking about the $150 knives. I'm talking $10. Get those plastic cutting boards that you use during the year, get it also for Pesach. It shouldn't have to feel so different and so difficult if you can get your routine the way you do during the year. What if I have knives that I love already? Can I just kosher those? So that's a really good question. I think for a lot of things that you can just kosher them, it depends on the material, honestly. Like it depends what the handle is made of and stuff like that. And we actually have a list of a lot of these resources on our site, Emu, great plug. But a lot of things you can just kosher. If it's pure metal, for example, right? If you have a soup ladle, and you want to use it for your soup pot, and it's pure metal, you can kosher that, right? It's pretty easy. You don't even have to buy something new. We spoke to Rabbi Mordechai Willig the other day, and he mentioned that we could be lenient this year in koshering plastic. Right, so exactly. our knives with plastic handles, can those be koshered? Yeah, according to Rabbi Willig, you know, I don't feel comfortable saying that as Rifki's declaring, but yes, Rabbi Willig said that even though normally we're a little bit strict about plastic, this year we can be a little bit looser because it's a tough year. <laughs> So if we want to be super cheapos, right, there are a lot of things we already have that we can kosher. We can just boil up a pot and drop those things in, right? Yep, absolutely. Especially if you don't like using, you know, disposable forks, knives, spoons, you can kosher all those things. So I will say that in order to kosher utensils, to kosher your ovens, we do have a guide to this on our site. But the basic principle is that the way something is used is the way it's koshered. So your ovens, you can run their cleaning cycles. If you don't have cleaning cycles... You can leave the oven on its highest setting. Don't blowtorch anything. That's really dangerous. <laughs> there are ways to kosher without blowtorching. You can stick your stovetop grates in the oven when you're koshering the oven. You can turn your burners to the highest setting. You clean out your microwave really well, and then you boil a cup of water inside. If you have metal sinks, you can pour boiling water on that and kosher them that way. For your countertops, if they're quartz or marble, you can pour boiling water on those or use a steamer. If you don't want to go through that for your countertops, you can just cover them. So a lot of these things can be done really simply. And then for your utensils, like we mentioned, take the biggest pot you have. It can be a chametz pot. Don't use it for 24 hours. Or you can just boil some really hot water in that pot. And then use that pot with new boiling hot water and toss in your utensils 
Obviously, for more detail and you want to get this perfectly right, make sure to check our resources listed at olifbeta.org. But those are the basics, and it's really, really doable. So we covered our shopping list. We covered a lot of really good food ideas, utensils, appliances, getting our kitchen set up. Rifki, Lisa, any parting advice that you want to give everybody? I do have some advice that I feel like I've learned over the past few years. One of my favorite is if you don't have a sink you can kosher, you can contact paper your sink, which is what I do every year. I have a ceramic sink and just put contact paper and then use a sink insert and cut a hole for the drain and there's your kosher sink. I know this Pesach is going to be a lot different and we're not going to have family around. I have a brother a mile away, not going to be able to see him and just as cheap as you want to make it, as simple as you want to make it, but make it yours. Make it special. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. Rifki? Lisa, that was really sweet. Mm. It's interesting. As you were speaking, I was kind of laughing about the insert because when Emu said any like last minute thoughts, I was thinking like, focus on the story of Pesach, <laughs> you know, like really get rid of all that stuff. And you were like, no, I very, stupid? very specific. No, 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 not at all. That's actually incredibly helpful. But I think in thinking about Pesach this year, because it is so stripped down, I do think that there's a blessing. And blessing is a weird word, but there's like a return to the simplicity of thinking about what Pesach is really about and thinking about the story of the Exodus and thinking about what it means to kind of create this relationship as a nation with God through the Exodus itself and less focused on maybe some of the things that create an enhanced kind of celebration, but enhanced in a different kind of way, like the cakes and like the roasts and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I would say that for me, what I'm trying to really focus on is thinking about the basics of the holiday itself. Rifkia, I love what you just said, because that's what we're really trying to provide here, right? Here at Aleph Beta, we're a tech study organization and we're telling you Pesach tips. And the reason we're doing these Pesach tips is because many people feel like they just don't have the head to sit down and and figure out how to have a meaningful Pesach because they have so much of these expectations and burdens and stresses kind of cluttering their brains. So I love the energy you guys brought here in helping us clear out that stress and to sit down and focus on what matters. And Rifki, if I want to have a meaningful Pesach, where should I go? What resources should I possibly use to figure out how to have a deep and meaningful Pesach? Well, obviously, Emu, at olivebeta.org, we have not only our resources for preparing for Pesach, for the logistics, but a lot of incredible Torah, much of which you and I were both kind of behind the scenes on. And I've definitely been taking some solace in my evenings that used to be filled with uh, hanging out with friends or doing things. Now I'm watching a lot more Beta videos, and I'm actually finding that incredibly lovely. I'm really enjoying that. So I definitely urge everyone to check that out. That's great. Yes. Now with all this newfound time and stress relief, please check out our resources at olifbeta.org. I want to thank both of you for having this incredible conversation. I knew I wouldn't be disappointed. You guys really hit it out of the park. Thank you so much (laughs) for doing this with me. Thanks, Emu. Thank you. Chag kasher v'sameach, everyone. I will just say that as a nonprofit, the second most important day of the entire year for us in paid memberships is Pesach. This year, we've chosen to really make all of our resources free for people in quarantine or people practicing social distancing, which turned out to be virtually everyone. We're really glad to create resources and share resources with the community at large during this time period. But we're asking that if you personally have the means during this time period to go to alephbeta.org and become a member, your subscriptions tell us that you believe in the work that we're doing and you're subsidizing free resources for our loyal members who have fallen on hardship and can no longer support the work that we are doing. So thank you for your generosity and have a happy Pesach.